Ready? Phones up. What? No. Turn them up. Turn them up. Turn them up. Yes, what? Phone. Gonna pop up. Gonna tell like it is. Music. Yeah, and welcome to Rhythm and Pixels uh, video game music podcast, episode 11 5. And we're your hosts. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernell. Um, each week we get together and we bring to you some of our favorite video game music tracks within a theme that is sometimes very straightforward, but oftentimes um, very uh, just nonsensical. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but that's part of the fun, right? You gotta gotta inject a little bit of oddity into your music piece to make sure work for it. Mm-hmm. not you, the listener, but right. us. Makes us work a little bit harder to come up with some tracks, which means that we're not just going to what we know. We dig. We go. Do our subconscious even come up with some tracks that you might not have heard in a long time? Yeah, yeah. We 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 reach deep and try to find some really fun, really amazing, really interesting music um, for you to enjoy. For mm. wherever you might be, you might be driving, you might be on a bus, might be rollerblading down a hill. You, either way, we're pretty sure you're traveling somewhere, and I hope we make that experience just a little bit more fun. Or <laughs> contemplated. You know, Sometimes we want you guys to be reflective on things. You know why is this? Why is why is the water blue? Why is why are spice? Why are jalapenos spicy? Yeah. Why is there an orchestra hit right here in this track? You know exactly. Why why did they decide to use a saxophone when clearly that's not a real saxophone? <laughs> you want to know all kinds of things. Why did Ninja Gaiden have six stages? But clearly the sixth stage is the worst of them all. We want yeah totally. We want to um, first announce that our next live stream is going to be our holiday show. Eggnog! On December 23rd, and it's going to be during the daytime. So we will be promoting that on Facebook and on Twitter, on Patreon. But this will not be a Patreon-only episode. This will be for, for everyone. We're going to have this one available for everyone that have something special before the live stream for Patreon subscribers just for you guys. Did he mention the eggnog? Because there will be that, I think. I hope so, because <laughs> I love eggnog. So I think we're going to do uh, the Patreon stuff um, on YouTube, and then we're going to do the live stuff just on Facebook, because Facebook's just easy to get to. Everyone seems to have one. And if you have eggnog, Pernell, yes, then you better bring it, because I'm not going to have it. Oh, mercy. <laughs> I better dig it up. Oh, man. See, now I got to get eggnog. Thanks for that. Now you got to get eggnog out of your mind. Nope, it's still there. I just got to find the eggnog. But can I just have it without milk? No. No. <laughs> if, it's, if, it, if it lacks milk, it's not the kind of nog I want. Yes. Um, also, uh, so last week was our anniversary show. I wonder how that turned out. I think it was all right. Um, we're, we're decidedly more sober right now. Mm. We're older. We're wiser. We're less festive right now. We're, we, we, know what, we, we know what we want. But to be honestly, more festive. Um, that was our second year anniversary. Our second anniversary. So now we're in our terrible twos. <laughs> mm. So I can start throwing tantrums and get away with it. Is what you're saying? I- I'm going to tell you that I would understand, but be upset. Oh, oh, that's well, just like the actual terrible but you twos. Might, but you might trigger me to maybe start throwing some things. Good, that means we can throw things in <laughs> yeah. unison. That's terrible twos. Oh man. Well, let's let's not let's not beat around the podcast. Um, VGM Forest much longer. Let's talk about the the, the topic. 
that what we do, what do we do, Pranel? We discuss jams. <laughs> we discuss the jams. And this has been a topic we've actually gone over for a while, but then just never, never gone on with it. But the timing for it is pretty good, I think, because the weather is finally starting to reach over into frost country, not so much snow. Unless you live on the you know Midwest or whatever, where it's mm. snowy hectic, but um, it is getting to the point where the winter, the late fall, winter, early winter doldrums are starting to set in. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we're we'll going with this. We're going, we're going. Hang Get on, <laughs> hang on, terrible tunes, <laughs> tantrum. <laughs> but at the same time, it'd be nice to kind of reflect back on what it's like prior to. You know, gray skies and the things of that nature. Ah, there we are. And of course, it also filters into an actual concept or type of video game as well. But the topic in question that I am, you know, walking around the Mayberry bush on is Blue Sky. Blue Sky Games. Um, Is Blue Sky Games, I've only heard this from you. Is this a common term or is this something that you kind of just came up with with some friends? It's a common term. I'm trying to remember exactly where it I remember it came up as like a concept for a purpose of a sort of movement in video gaming. But the idea of Blue Sky Gaming is essentially games that consist of bright colors, vibrant colors, and generally lighter atmospheres. The game itself doesn't have to be happy-go-lucky. Yeah. Just the environment has to be. And, and it, typically we're talking about like late 90s positivity. Yeah. Like, like things hap- are looking great. Like it's just like PlayStation 2, Dreamcast. Think like Rocket Knight. Rocket Knight, you're fighting a war against angry pigs, but everything is colorful and vibrant. Okay. And the reason why the concept of Blue Sky came into play was because there became a moment. I'm not sure if it was during the PS3, Xbox 360 era or the PS2 base Xbox era. But there came a point where people started wanting more quote-unquote mature games, darker-themed games. And studios were capitalizing on that by making a bunch of games that were just drab in the atmosphere. Like, they were all dark and gloomy. And people were lamenting, you, or they were they were yearning for those classic games that had colorful environments. In. That's interesting. I feel like I feel like uh, uh, games have kind of evolved with like our like age group. You know, like I feel like at that time we were getting older, and a lot of us were like kind of disaffected and young, and we wanted like edgier and more violent titles. And games were becoming more in that way. And now, like we're older, and we want to. You know, a lot of us have kids, and we want to share our games with children and, and do that. And then things are expanding even further. Although the industry is a lot wider now. Oh but, yeah. But this this is like super fun, super interesting, like kind of almost silly, but like all in all, it's got like a positive outlook on the world. Yeah. Like with I a mean, blue sky. Yeah, because I mean, like it's, look, I, I keep using Rocket Knight because it's such a darn good example. Did you? Is this is a? Is this a? Uh, I actually have no Rocket Knight tracks. What? Yeah. That, I'll, I'll bring up Rocket Knight later. Well, let, let's talk a little bit more about this after our first song. Sounds good to me. All right, so this is 11-5. So that means... Nobody knows. Nobody knows. I think this is you. I'm the odd man? You're the odd man. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's easy to remember. Because we, we, we made that joke. So 11-5, um, you start us off, and then we'll, we'll talk more about what we love about these games. Okay. Well, the first track I'm going to pick, I guess, yeah, I'll go with this one. This is not usual for me, but it's kind of funny because I learned about this game because of you. But oh, really? From me? Yeah. Because that doesn't sound likely. 
It is. Trust me. <laughs> okay. Um, the track is from a game called <clears throat> Battle Mania Daigenjao. Oh, hey. And the track title is called Blue Sky Laundry, <laughs> and it is composed by Hiroto Kano. Rub dub dub. There's a chaos element in the sky <laughs> or the tub. Right. I'm still trying to figure that out. Anyway, the track that you're listening to is called Blue Sky Laundry from the game Battle Mania Daigen Jiao, composed by Hiroto Kana. I gotta say, I love one. I love that you started the show off with a Mega Drive track. Oh, you better believe. Every once in a while, I can yeah. pull a Mega Drive track out of my pocket. I know my stuff. And I, I love this soundtrack so much. I almost, I honestly kind of think this is my favorite across all the tunes from this game. Like, I've listened to it bit by bit. And there's a lot of hits. Yes. There's a lot of hits. There really are. But when I came to this guy, I kept going back to this. Yeah. Like, I stayed on it. I've had this track picked for weeks now. Originally, I didn't know where I wanted to go. <laughs> but then once the thought of doing Blue Sky Games came, I was like, well, what a coincidence. This track is even titled Blue Sky Laundry, and in my opinion, it classifies as a Blue Sky game. So... And what I mean by that is that even though the game itself is pretty much a chaotic sky shooter where you're fighting firing in both directions and this kind of auto-scrolling left to right. Yeah. Again, it's a very vibrant environment. It's very colorful. The enemies have life to them. The characters themselves, even being a 16-bit game as it was, is very lively. Yeah, very, very bright. Very interesting characters. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't play this game and feel like I want to, you know, crawl up in the corner and contemplate how... Utah life is or whatever. It's not. It's not so far. It's not so far as a cute 'em up, but it's definitely. It's definitely vibrant. I think is a good word. Oh yeah, for yeah, sure. yeah. This is no cute 'em up. There's, there's no parodies here. Yeah, no, no. It's dynamic though. Mm-hmm. So like, it's definitely a game. I actually want to play it, but life and time has been a real jerk in the bag. <laughs> so I haven't really been able to just like say get out there and get these games running. But it is on my list of. End of 2017, beginning of 2018, titles to play through or at least experience in some capacity. Right, right, yeah. So this is this is like your uh, your New Year's resolution of games. Oh yeah, because I gotta save some money finally. I gotta get back into the actual mental savings component, which means maybe if you buy less, 
drive yourself into the concept of playing what you've got or finding new games that you have easy access to. Boom. Okay, here's this. For our New Year's episode, because New Year's is on a Monday, mm. um, we play music from games that we want to, that are on our New Year's resolution. New Year's resolution games. I like the way you think. How do you feel about that? Solid. <laughs> That's the pick. I like that. And, and for our listeners out there, if there's there's stuff that you wanted to play this year that just never got a chance to get into, or something that like, you thought, oh, I've always wanted to try that game, I'd say that almost every episode. <laughs> um, yeah, 2018 is the year to do it. Mm-hmm. Make, make this the year t- to spend some time with, with you playing video games. The games you love. For once, at least this is more so, I'm talking to myself on this one, but, but for <laughs> once... Maybe not chase the new release carrot. <laughs> yeah. And relax with those you've already got. And for me, maybe like expanding, you know, what I'm playing to other games rather than just one. Yes! Over and over. Yes! <laughs> yeah, right? Chewing bison on that one. Yes! Uh, it has to happen. Listeners, if you have any games that Rob should play <laughs> next year. Suggest because he needs I'll to do it. do it. I'll do it. He's I'll, good I'll, enough at Street Fighter Five. He's breaking necks left and right. It's fine. I love it. I love it. I'll just keep playing. Someone's like, "Who should play more Street Fighter 4 I'd be like, "Okay." Someone's got to do it. King of Fighters. Someone's got to say oh, like, "Okay, go back to Third Strike." Deal. Deal. I did that for a while. Um, in between Street Fighter Four and Street Fighter Five, I I just went to Third Strike. It was Man. fun. It was good. I, I third, strike, third strike on the uh, on the Xbox 360 was really good. I think about that sometimes. I, I seriously do. Like if I had the level of commitment that you have <laughs> to one game slash game series, just think of the financial savings I'd have. I play literally. If you think about it, in some capacity, I play every genre, every genre of game. Can you think of a genre of game that I probably don't play in some form? No, you play them all. I play them all, which is expensive. But you don't, you don't play a lot of first-person shooters. That's not your bag. This is true, but I do play them. Like, I have I have Wolfenstein 1 and 2 in my queue right now. Huh. Like, I, that's Wolfenstein is one of the ones I want to jump on in 2018. Should do it. I am Doom also. Straight Dooming. Maybe we should play that one together. I can play that. Yeah. Fair warning, though. I'll get sick and I will throw up. That true. That too. But <laughs> no, someone told me to chew gum while I play. It's supposed to help with motion sickness. That makes sense. I mean, I do it on the plane, but I think it's a different reason on the plane. But still, I do it on no, the plane. I to definitely play get motion sick on a plane. That's why I chew gum on plane. So mm-hmm. it could make sense. I think so. So anyway, great Mega Drive track. I think this is a uh, one of those like this harsh metallic sound on the guitars, but it blends with everything. That, that classic like Genesis chunky guitar sound, but it, it blends so well that I think it's I think it's pretty successful at sounding like a real guitar. I just I think of this track. It's like, this is one of those tracks where like the, it obviously it's like a trope that's been done on other things, but like this that thought of like having like rocket arms or rocket yeah, shoes and yeah, just like yeah. launching into the sky. Like, yeah, this music makes you feel like you're flying. Yeah, already. Yeah, totally. It's glorious. All right, so I'm washing I'm laundry. My my track list is going to take us into a different direction. Really? I, I went on. I, I went searching for Dreamcast and PlayStation Two. More on the silly side. More on like the. You'll you'll get what I'm talking about. I'm going to start with one that totally describes it. Okay. Okay. For the PlayStation Two, this is the Adventures of Cookie and Cream. Oh, my babies! <laughs> yeah. 
Um, this is a, a very, very strange, maybe one, maybe sometimes one player, sometimes it's two player game. It's a fantastic game. Um, for the PlayStation 2. And this is the music for the bonus world, which I thought was the craziest, so I wanted to play that. Okay, and it's music composed by Kota Hoshino, and this is The Adventures of Cookie and Cream. Mm-hmm. I hope you dig it. That was Bonus World from the game Adventures of Cookie and Cream for the PlayStation 2 composed by Kota Hoshino. I feel like this track has just confirmed for me that, well, I already knew, but it confirmed that modern dance music is terrible and we should all be listening to this. Oh, well, that too. This is the club jam of the U year. 2017, here it is. <laughs> <laughs> But like, uh, it just proves that I must have—I was really not good at this game because I've never heard this track before. It's a hard game, so it really is. So, Cookie and Cream is like super cute, super colorful, but it's—it's it's kind of like almost a sort of a platform puzzler where it's, it's overhead, and there's two characters, Cookie and Cream, yep. left and right, mm-hmm. and you use the left analog stick to move Cookie, the right analog stick to move Cream, independently of each other. With buttons for jumping and grabbing things too. So you're, I remember, I remember the game also encouraged playing two players to sit side by side holding the same controller, and it was supposed to be like a like a bonding thing. Yeah, I, I actually when I bought the game, I always had that stupid fantasy of thinking if I ever end up getting a girlfriend around, we're going <laughs> to yeah. play this game because it's perfect for that kind of like you know bonding scenario. But of course, it never happened, so I just played the game by myself. And well, that was definitely another challenge. Was playing it one player. It's crazy. Before everybody was talking about getting creative with these like weird like switch between your party members, blah blah blah. These like later games, 
Cookie and Cream had already had it going on, and it yeah. was it would break your mind. Like, first of all, the <laughs> game is, I, I, okay. every level is timed. I love puzzle games that do that, where like you're 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 presented with something that's like I will never figure this out, and then like a half an hour later, you're like. I'm a genius. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. Like, when I think about like this game, it's a puzzle game or a puzzle dexterity game. Yeah. That is it essentially goes against how the brain typically functions if you're playing it alone. Because again, you are manipulating two people simultaneously with both hands in a way that I don't think the brain typically does. Like, it wants to go one than the other. It doesn't want to do both. But every level is timed. And you have to collect like little stopwatches to keep the clock going. So you are constantly under pressure to get to the end of the stage. Oh, yeah. And you're like trying to figure out how to solve a problem. But is the issue on one character's side or the other character's yeah, side? Yeah, and they work together. So, like, you got to do the one thing at the same time at the right time to get the other thing going. And if you stand still with one character too long, the anger bird shows up or the oh, timer bird and yeah. starts sucking your time up. So I you forgot. can't even sit still. I think that's what that little wah, wah noise I think that's the bird. It might be, but he's a jerk. That's so funny. And he will show up and he will eat your clock. It's annoying, but it's also. A spectacular experience because I've never beat the game, but I did get through oh, like no, maybe three or four of the worlds. I think I've only ever like started it. It's, I think I probably I probably either borrowed it from you or I borrowed it from somebody else, but I didn't get very far. But I remember really enjoying playing it, and I remember thinking the music was really cute. And I went back to the soundtrack um, earlier this week, and I was like, oh wow, I didn't like so much of it as much. But then I heard the bonus round music, and I'm like, this is really funny. This, but it's like. It's not just funny. I, I legitimately think this song is pretty cool. Oh, it's a great track. Yeah. Here's where it gets fun, too, I think about it. So people like to talk about, you know, like, best game console releases and, like, year... We were talking about this recently. Year one releases for a bunch of different consoles. Yeah, yeah. PS2, this was the first video game I bought that I was happy about. I bought on, on the PS2? On the PS2. Like, I had wow, SSX... Wow. And while it was... The launch games for PS2 were not stellar. They were not. There was a lot right. of games, but most of them weren't all that hot. Like we had Dark Dark Cloud and SSX were the standouts. But um, SSX for me... Actually, wait. I'm not even sure Dark... No, Dark Cloud wasn't the launch game. It came out a little bit later. But SSX was the standout. No, yeah. But for me, while it was highly rated, something about that game didn't sit right with me. I think it was mostly like the OST for it, where it was just more like all licensed like hip-hop tracks. Yeah, I was into that, actually. I thought... in, in the... They they did it really interesting way where they had um, an SSX where they had like music would play and then like during certain moves the music would like filter and have like different remixes of, of that same song play and it was like remixing the music on the fly yeah, and, like, which was really neat but like you'd have to be into that stuff already exactly that yeah. was that was my dilemma like I was coming from stuff like 1080 snowboarding. And those oh, games that was a have, fun game, yeah, yeah. Oh, fun game, yeah. With original OST, I like coming into games with like original new tracks. Yeah, yeah well, this was all. This, this is also a place in time where um, licensed music was becoming a very big thing. Exactly, it really was, and that unfortunately turned me off from this game. It's just like how people were like, "Why aren't you a big fan of Ocarina of Time?" Because it didn't have enough music in it that I wanted. And people were like, "You're insane!" And it's yeah. like, "Why would you like as a sex?" Because I wasn't jamming to that That's OST. True. You're insane. So I'm trying to think of the PS2 launch titles. I'm okay. Talking about this last time, Fantavision was like the first one, and I was like, "Why are people 
selling their Dreamcasts to play Fantavision. <laughs> um, no, Armored Core was one of the first games that came out for that, and that was awesome because I loved Armored Core for the PS One. Evergrace. That was for all the Dark oh, Souls yeah. and Demon Souls fans. That was that's right. One of from Software's first U.S. release titles was Evergrace. Very, that's right. Um, there was a again Fantavision, SSX, Orphan Scion of Sorcery. Oh no, there was one um, Shadow of Destiny. Yeah, that oh. was the was the game with the clock, and like it was like an adventure game, right? It was an adventure game where you traveled through time with the homunculus to like. Oh, it was great. Actually, we um, Christy and I played that. I want to say recently, but it was like in the last like five or six years, where we plugged it back in to play it, and it's amazing. It's so cool. I think there was a sequel that was that was released. Yeah, I think there was. Oh, whose was name eludes me because I so was neat. that was before I was appreciative of adventure games. It's so, it's so different. It's so unlike anything out there, and it was so unlike anything at that time. It's so cool. It's kind of fucked up. That's why I was like, oh, the game with the clock in it. Because that's all I know is, yeah, the, yeah. is the image of the box. Oh, and then the box. Yeah, yeah. But it's a really weird game, and it's it's a really cool story. Um, but yeah, so this is the adventures of Cookie and Cream. This is. A guy yelling and pitched up and down. As he should. And as it should. With a um, steel drum. <laughs> actually, there's a section during the chorus where there's actually like singing. Like far in the background that are like, la. Four-yard animals getting their pitch on. So, yeah, if, if you rewind the rewind this episode just a little bit and listen to that. Because I think it's worth it. <laughs> I think it's cool. All right, what's, what's, your, what's your track number two? Well... You're going to notice there's a, a funny theme with my blue skying, but it still clicks, and I'm fine with it. Is it all Mega Drive? Because I'm cool with that. Oh, no. It's the titles. Okay. <laughs> so the next track that I'm choosing is from the game Guilty Gear X2. Guilty Gear X2. Hey, I'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> all right. And the title is called Blue Water, Blue Sky. Okay. Composed by Daisuke Ishiwatari. Absolutely. Let's do it.
Welcome back. You are listening to Blue Water, Blue Sky, from the game Guilty Gear X2. I'm not sure if that's meant to be cross two or what, but whatever. I, I think it's X2. Most people say that. Except except when it gets to um, Zerd. XRD, they call it Zerd. It, these titles. And they're, yeah, especially these games are crazy. I, uh, they're, they're weird. Yeah. But wow, man, dude, this track, this is great. It's a jam, and you're probably wondering to yourself, why the heck are we doing a Blue Sky episode and this guy's picking from Guilty Gear X2 by Dicegate Ishiwaki? I had to stick that back in. So, one, the obvious part, listen to this. If this doesn't give you a sense of, you know, energetic positivity, I don't know what does. I don't know what's going on. The other component, though, is that, well, Guilty Gear, being even though it's a fighter, crazy fighter, it is a very brightly colored, vibrant game. There are some dark environments, but there's also a ridiculous amount of bright, yeah, it colorful is scenes. Super, super bright. And the other reason is that this is the theme of a character that goes by the name of May. <laughs> May yeah. is an adorable pirate girl who wields a giant anchor. The size of... Bigger than her. Bigger than her, yeah. Bigger than her. It's ridiculous. In a world of, you know, half-possessed mutants and one-armed samurai and people who... I don't even know how to explain it. With possessed, like, bio hair, she is the most happy-go-lucky character in this insane world. Her win animation is ringing around the rosy with her friend oh, uh, inside right. the anchor. I love like, that, yeah. You can't beat that. Like, it's just, it fits the mold to me so freaking well. I think this is a great choice. And I feel like it's um, it's very it's like uh, 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 melodically and the way it sounds, it's very close to the Battle, Battle Mania track that you played. That's right. Maybe, maybe you got a little bit of inspiration from it. <laughs> But it's. I think. I oh, think maybe, yeah, maybe we're going for that same level. Both composers were probably yeah. going for that same level of energy with their tunes. There's something. There's something about. There's something in this track and in, in the last track where there's like um, there's a chord that plays where it's like dun 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 and it keeps going up higher. But at the same time in the background there's like an arpeggio of like driving force. But like every time there's like that in a song, it just it makes me feel awesome. Like I love that. It just—it's like an easy way of being like, "Hey, Rob, you're gonna like this track." Why? Because they do that thing. Because they dig it, they dig it, because they dig it, they dig it. Yeah, it, it's great. I love it. it. Every time it gets me. And this—that last track had it, and this track has it. Mm. Oh, baby! Hopefully, my last track great. can carry the torch too. I'm loving it. You were killing the show today. This is—this right. is like one of my favorite music episodes. Oh, shut. Well, your 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 set list is. Um, I'm oh, not, stop! <laughs> I'm actually going to um, uh, flip my set list around. Oh. Yeah, because I want to. I want to keep this guitar sound going. So you think of guitars. You think of happy, colorful video games. Do you think of Guitaru Man? I do actually. Yes. I think that fits the mold. This this is from the official soundtrack, um, but also part of the game. But I think I chose from the is official. Is this blind to your soul? This is the legendary theme. Oh. Interesting. It's beautiful. It's it's a lot slower pace, but just a, a beautiful track um, from Guitaru Man for PlayStation Two, composed um, by the band Coil C O I L. Um, I don't have the members, but I just know the band name. I think we're in the same <laughs> boat there. Cause I never learned their names either. Yeah, this is for the PlayStation Two.
That was the legendary theme from Guitaru Man for the PlayStation 2, composed and performed by the band Coil. That song always sends that shiver down your spine. The positive one, though, not the chilly, I'm freaking out of my mind. No, it's a good one. It's a good, it's a good, it's a happy feeling. It's a little sad, I feel. It's, It's sad triumphant. Yeah. That's a weird combination. But well, yeah, it's like you're sad it's over. But you succeeded. It's positive. Yeah. Maybe well, it's like another maybe it's like another stage of your life. Yeah, I yeah. can see that. Like in that in the game it kinda hits that kinda has that aspect of it too, because it kinda plays at the end when the main characters kind of come to realize that they can only do it by working together and by forming the true legendary theme that's going to stop the bad guy, which is hilarious, yet also really poignant. Like, I bought this game when it first came out. Oh, yeah, crazy Japanese rhythm game and released in the States. Like, yeah, you got to be all over this. I had to get it. (laughs) Totally, totally. And it's one of those games where as you play it, everything about it just screams corny. I mean, corny, corny. But the corniness also is a part of what makes it so charming so that when you actually do play through the game it triggers you it tickles you emotionally to the point where you're invested and you want to see it through and I actually felt like hardcore emotions as oh I yeah really this game. and up to the very end where like you know there's that one random conversation with a guy where the boss is like calling like you can't do anything he's like yes I can and they're like just pushing back and <laughs> forth like no you can't I can't sew and oh, he like I love cries it. I love and he like bursts out with like flames like I'm Guitaru Man baby he doesn't say baby but I wish he did because it's hilarious <laughs> but um and then of course then the final battle triggers and then after that battle this second half to the final battle kicks in yeah which is this jamming track that's a jam of the track um yeah I don't remember much about Guitaru Man but I remember it being very positive and very much like music saves the world um but it's about one, believing in yourself yeah but one of those rhythm games where like I have a really hard time Understanding, because like it's like we're all like all of the dots come from different directions, right? That's defense mode. So Guitar Man had two scopes of gameplay, which in some respects is hard to even gauge if they actually matter. Wait, no, that's right. You move the analog stick along the like a bend, and yeah, that's the attack phase. And you have to move the analog stick along the line. You're tracing the line, and you're also hitting the button as you overlap the line. As you overlap the button along the line. Right. And that was brutal on master mode. And then when you went to defensive mode is when you get to the cross, like you mentioned, where it's like a cross pattern that goes across the screen. Yes. And PlayStation okay. face buttons all come from all sides. Yeah. The center. Oh, I'm terrible at that stuff. It's like when you play um, cross beats in the arcade, mm-hmm. like I can't, my brain doesn't, can't, just can't wrap around that stuff, seeing like the whole screen at once. Mm-hmm. I have to focus on one thing for now. <laughs> I love that game. So, and I, 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 that game actually makes me go a little bit of the mental cross eye pattern because. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. For those unfamiliar, cross beats is a Japanese arcade game that we had lucky enough to have access to over here around one arcades where the idea is that there are two lines going from different sides of the screen and they meet at one point on the screen to, 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 to the rhythm to the rhythm and that meeting point is where the note is ultimately going to be hit so like there's lines that are like kind of shooting up and there's like a little like trace pattern that goes from both sides that's again to the beat and when they meet at the middle right. tap that spot but when they're going one at a time that makes sense but let's say you're doing like four eighth notes in a row it's like bum 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 and 
you have to, and they're all in different locations, and you have, and you have to kind of kind of cross your eyes a bit to see them all coming from different places. And sometimes you have to hold it there with oh. one hand, so you can't move it. So you got to swipe. I do, I do like that mechanic of that game, but it's very much like a Winden, right, for the DS. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's such a good game. Like Elite Beat Agents. I, like I started playing it and immediately was like, it was like the, the difficulty yeah. was between like zero and one hundred. And from the first game I yeah, played, I was already up. like forty five yeah, to fifty. Yeah, yeah. I was like, <laughs> yeah, that's your jam. Oh yeah, for the ADHD man. There's cross beats. All right, so let's let's keep this let's keep this show going. I love I have been really really loving the music. So, what's your final track? Well, that track is an interesting one. Okay, mine's oh. my last one's interesting too. So the track I went with happens to be from a game that I don't hear anyone really talk about anymore, probably for good reason, but this particular track is one that should not be forgotten from said game. And that game is called Sonic Adventure, Sonic the Hedgehog 4, Episode 1, and the track title well, that's is... that's the guess the game. The game is titled Sonic the Hedgehog 4, Episode 1. <laughs> I don't know why that's really funny to me. And the track title is Splash Hill Zone, Act 1, and is composed by Jun Sonoe. Hi. You, Hi, everyone. You, Didn't see you there. You legit, like, <laughs> were just humming to yourself. I'm, like, staring at you longer. I'm just fading the track out, staring at you. Like, the track's in my mind. Man, you're you're in the Spring Hill Zone. That's right. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Splash Hill Zone. I'm in both zones. I'm a tall guy. I can stay. You're, sp- you're springing out in the Splash Hill. That's right. Yeah. Splash Hill Zone, Act 1, that is, from the game Sonic the Hedgehog 4, Episode 1, composed by Jim Sonoma. This track, well, a little bit of history for this game and track to elaborate on the blue skying of it. So, Sonic the Hedgehog 4 came after one of the many long strands of Sonic Cycleitis, where people were feeling disappointed in Sonic releases. So, stretches where we weren't receiving releases, or stretches where we where weren't we, receiving releases. We were getting those. The Sonic, the Sonic Cycle is an interesting development that people came up with years ago where the idea is that... Sonic Cycle? Yeah. Is this similar? Are you, is this going to be similar to like the Star Trek Cycle where it's like the even-numbered Star Trek movies are the better ones? Oh, no, no, no. This, this is a cycle of development, you see. Okay. So the idea is that people were disenchanted by a certain Sonic game. 
say uh, Sonic Unleashed because that's a notoriously 80 or Sonic 2006 there we go that's even better uh, two of them yeah <laughs> then some Sega will release a trailer or some stock image and say hey Sonic is back and this time he's awesome check it out hmm. and in this particular case it was Sonic the Hedgehog 4 episode 1 and they showed us Sonic going from left to right he's 2D again they look at Sonic on a really bright blue plane just yeah. like the Green Hill Zone which you always love Hear that music? Doesn't that draw you back to the days of the Genesis? You better believe this it does. It does have like a synthy, FM synthy kind of sound to it. Oh, yeah. It's like it invoked so much of what you loved about the old Sonic games, and people were ready, ready to buy this game. And what happened? Um, people hated it because it didn't have proper Sonic physics. What? Wait a minute. Like the like the speed? Like the, like the, the, the floatiness? floatiness, the the way he runs and stops. There's a, it, back then, I didn't understand it. I'm like, what is everybody so upset about? It's a good game to me. So it didn't have that same feel that people were expecting. But, but it's, it's that a universal thing? or is it? It's a, honestly, up until I really started paying attention, I didn't notice it. But huh. there really is a sort of odd physics that comes from like the way Sonic operates oh that people God. got used to. And people were like, this game sucks. I'm not going to get on a rant. Because people are going to like what they like. People are not going to like what they don't want to like. That's fine. But the one constant is people will never be happy with a Sonic the Hedgehog video game. Well, maybe people, but Pernell! Never. Hey, you. There's always going to be like... We'll always have Sonic Generations. A new, a new Sonic game will come out and people are going to be like... Did you hear about this Sonic game? It sucks. <laughs> well, they will. Because. But, that, that, but here's the thing, though. The, phys, uh, the physics had, was bad. Yeah, we've had Sonic Mania this year. That yeah. was that was the that was the proof that there is a thing that people want. Is just. They have to make it themselves. To, no, well, kind of, yeah. Because what was it? The guy who made it was like a fan, a yeah. fan, some developer, and they brought him on board. You know, I'm not, I'm not an expert on this stuff. I haven't really been following it or seeing, watching any of it. So I, I shouldn't speak with any of authority. So don't take take everything I say with a grain of salt. But if you do like Sonic the Hedgehog, that's cool. He's not for Rob Robson. <laughs> not anymore. Like, not since the, the the Dreamcast version. I was done with him. And it's kind of funny you and said I that realized because a friend of mine. Fine, that's fine. That's like fine. A, a friend of mine recently started like getting back into GameCube games, and he broke out Sonic Adventure Two Battle, and he texted me. Yeah, what was yeah. it like Monday or Tuesday of this week? And he goes. Why in the world did I ever believe this game was good? <laughs> I'm like, hey, Sonic 3D, Sonic 3D in the early days was very fidgety, but we liked it because yeah, no, it was it new. It was on the exactly. new system. We were willing to deal. Same thing with like the, the Mario 64. Oh, no, no. Well, I mean, like people loved it because it was new. It was different. It had its own charm, right? I did not want to make, personally, want to make that leap to the 3D. But what's interesting is that like um, there's a new one that came out, right? The Sonic Forces, and that has like some 3D elements too, right? Sonic Forces. Oh God, this game. But that's fine. Stop. I mean, but, like I feel like that's for another audience. Like Sonic Mania came out for like one audience, and then Sonic Forces came out for another audience. And Sonic's like, hey, I can do both. But the problem is he can't. But <laughs> long as the studios do what it's doing, so from from the per first of all, everybody likes what they like. But for Ye me. When I saw the trailer for Sonic Forces, this is yeah. before they had a name or anything. They did the whole, the world's in ruins, and one blue-quilled animal that is funny. can save the world. That is funny. But he can't do it alone. It's a like, classic blue-quilled animal, too. And I was like, Sonic Generations 2. And for the record, for those who are listening, 
Sonic Generations 1 was probably my favorite Sonic game in the better part of like 20 years. So I was hyped, ready for that game. Yeah. And then, this, for me anyway, the Sonic Cycle began. They gave it a weird name. <laughs> they brought in an odd concept. This time, your avatar's in the game. You I can know. make a, I a think, running penguin with a rocket launcher. I think that's great. I think that's great for people. Yeah. For people. Yeah, and it would have been fine be- for me, too. As long as they still gave me what I wanted, <laughs> which was Sonic Generations 2 game yeah. play. Even with the avatar slapped in the middle on some of the level, I'd have been fine with it. But they have this thing where they like to eat off, they have to bite off more than they can chew for one game, and they end up coming up with this final product, and it's like, what is this? What is this? I, I don't even know what I'm looking at. Right. And ultimately, I came away with this sensation of like, I'll get it in the bargain bin. Like, this isn't for me. And it makes me sad because I was really looking forward to that game. Yeah. And I mean, and I'm not, I'm not a hard guy to impress. Like, to put in perspective, I like Sonic Unleashed. Most people hated that game. Mm-hmm. I liked it, even with this glitchiness. I like Sonic Colors. I like Sonic Generations. I even kind of like Lost World. I even kind of like Lost World. No. <laughs> they, they, they took Sonic's my hopes and... and not they, doing it for you. They took my hopes and tossed them into a better retractable spikes. Well, let's let's pull this to a let's pull this back to a, a, a different era, maybe a happier time for you, Pernell. Mario sixty four, the Dreamcast. Mario wasn't on the Dreamcast. No, no, no. This is different. This is a different kind of three D platformer. This Blue is Stinger. Maybe that's <laughs> right. Uh, Super Magnetic Neo. Hey, yeah. This is um, from the stage, the Future Hall. Um, I don't have a composer for this, but it was developed um, by the company Genki for K-O-E-I for the Sega Dreamcast Future Hall This is a future haul from the game Super Magnetic Neo for the Sega Dreamcast. Composer unknown. Very strange track. Very fun. It has for me like the melody was very Kirby's Dreamland. I think it's funny, but super silly. So so you said like this is a, a strange coincidence that I chose from this game, even though I was like scrambling for. I was like I know there's weird Dreamcast games that were super happy and fun, and I found this one. Well, yeah, because sort like, of remember playing it. Well, the reason why it was such an interesting coincidence, given that you, like you said earlier, is the fact that when this game was first announced, I only first heard about it from the now defunct Game Fan magazine, and uh, one of the big things that it was toting was how colorful and vibrant and bright it was—a very lively gameplay concept or in bomb styling. 
And the world itself is also ridiculous. Like, the main villain is like a girl with Mickey Mouse ears and a pacifier, and her goons are like the generic one puff die that's really bulky, yeah. and the other's narrow, super squatty weird. guy. Super weird. Super weird. And Neo is a very comical, cartoony guy, too, with his big magnetic head and his white overalls. And the oh, or just pants, just pants. But but he's got the buttons like overalls, like Mickey Mouse. Yeah, it's really like, weird. It's like they didn't like they were going in one direction, like give him an attitude, but make him look like Mickey Mouse. And here's but he's also futuristic. <laughs> I'm like, what is he? And here's the sad part about it. Well, not sad. Well, actually, I guess it is kind of sad. The controls were really bad. Uh, that is sad. And uh, but the humorous component to that is the fact that even with whether the controls were good or bad. The game, with all the brightness and liveliness and colorfulness, is ridiculously challenging. Like, this game, I wonder how many people oh, can play this like, game. super hard games. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure if they meant for it to be, or if it just kind of <laughs> happened magically. Just, like, snuck past QA. Mm-hmm. So, like, the whole gimmick like, was hey, it was uh, a platformer. Can you pass level two? No. Mm-hmm. How about you? Well, let's just say we did, and, and let's take, take the week off. Yeah. <laughs> Done deal. <laughs> Done. <laughs> but, like, like, the premise of the game was that it was, you mentioned earlier, it looked like Crash Bandicoot. Well, it was that style where I had to left yeah, to yeah. right, sometimes the foreground, background motion. And um, the yeah, premise running, was that he could hop yeah. and bop, but he also had magnetic polarity ability, so he could, like, pull himself to things or repel himself from things. Yeah, very cool. As long as he manipulated the gravity. And that was an, that in itself was just brutal on certain levels, like just bouncing off of walls and not touching the floor. And, just, and then you get like a weird wooden hobby horse donkey that you got to ride sometimes, too, because why not? <laughs> just a good game. Very strange. Fun game. But fun, yeah. Pull your darn eyes out there, Troy. Yeah, it's always it's always hard when like when a game is punishing punishingly hard just because the controllers are bad. I'm looking at you, Battletoads, even though I love you. I'm looking at you, Battletoads, even though I think you're hot and garbage. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm gonna pull this track down, this silly silly track down, because we are going to get into the part of the show that Pernell and I like to call the bonus round. Bonus round. The bonus round is the part of the show where we play covers and remixes and arrangements of original video game music tunes based on the theme that we've chosen. Mm-hmm. So now I'm curious with all of this Mega Drive and Guilty Gear that you've picked, what is going to be your bonus round point? Pick. Well, I kind of said choice my bonus round boik. and I came out to poise. <laughs> Works for me. <laughs> so what did I do with that? I don't know. Let me stop. Um, so originally I was pushing for Yoshi's Woolly World oh, because okay. to me that is a very current example of yes. bright, colorful, smile-inducing very blue positive, sky gaming. Yeah. But I guess maybe the game's too new or people weren't focusing on it, but I couldn't find a great deal that really drew me in. So I decided to scale back a bit to the original Yoshi's Island, Super Mario World 2, because that game had a similar blue sky positivity morphimation effect on me. Um, so I found a track from that's a remix of one of my favorite themes in the game. Surprisingly loosely based off of it. And you'll hear it when you hear the track. Okay. But it's what? called Touch Fuzzy Get Dizzy Level 4. Yeah. Composed by the artist Skip Sandwich DX. Okay, I don't know that one. <laughs> I love his name because it's clearly a reference to Earthbound. Oh, okay. Which, well, what's not to like? But hi-oh, right. look for it. It's going to be good. 
It's true. Touch fuzzy and you do indeed get dizzy for some reason. I never understood that. But this is Touch Fuzzy, Get Dizzy, Level 4 by the artist Skip Sandwich DX. I am under the impression, like I got hints of that track's theme from this song. And the title itself also hits it. So I'm going with it. I, th- I think uh, it was tagged in SoundCloud as Roller Coaster Tycoon. I think that was just for fun. 
Because if not, I think whatever. Just, I hope you like the track. I think he was just having some fun. Because clearly like, that's a fun track. Yes, it is. Yeah. Smile-inducing. Like, I listened to this multiple, multiple times today and yesterday. It's just... That's a good track. It's a gem. It's really, really good. I, I Yeah, I mean, I don't... I know you like the chiptune stuff, but, you know, I didn't know that you listened to it on your own. Oh, yeah, man. Like, every once in a while, it clicks for me. Like, it's just like how I am with metal, how I like metal a lot, but it's been a while since I really got into it. Yeah. But sometimes it's just like the inspiration hits. I'm like, I gotta go find a metal track. <laughs> right. Chip tune happens just like that with this particular tan. Well, the track I picked is from like the probably the what I what I would the first the first game that came to mind when I for for the topic, which is Katamari Damasi. Okay. This is from the album Katamari Dance with Me by DJ Joe, and this is You Are Smart from that game. Is it going like a disco rendition? Like you are small. No, it's um actually DJ Joe does a lot of like really heavy like dubstepy like like I don't know like really heavy like dance music type stuff. And so it's a bit of a heavier beat to it, but it's definitely still has that up tempo. You know, it's telling you, hey, you're smart. You can do this. Me, <laughs> yeah, I'm smart. <laughs> so this is uh, you are smart from Katamari Dance with Me by DJ Joe. Katamari Dance with Me, 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 me. me. <laughs>
You are listening to Rhythm and Pixels. This, uh, that was You Are Smart by DJ Joe from his album Katamari, Dance With Me. It's a fantastic album. It's like, not really an album, it's a, 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 call it, like an EP where it's like five or six tracks. It's, it's so cool. That's definitely a track to listen to. We need a great self-esteem boost. <laughs> yeah. Most of the album is really fast. Like, it's super, super fast, kind of drum and bassy, faster than drum and bass, like really, really fast drums, uh, fast versions of stuff like Lonely Rolling Star and the theme song and a bunch of and, uh, Cherry Blossom. Um, I forget the name of the Cherry Blossom something. Is Cherry Blossom the song where the like the grade school kids are singing? Yes. I almost picked that one. I should have picked that one, but no. You are smart. I think fits the the positivity bill because it's like it's 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 an affirmation. You know. Here I spent my college year studying to the song C is for cookie, and that's good enough for me. No, see, now I kids st- have you are smart. <laughs> I spent my college years just playing this game. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> for more information on the bonus round part of the show go to rhythmandpixels.com we'll have links to um, SoundClouds Bandcamps um, everywhere where you can buy the music and support the artists hey thanks for joining us on episode 11-5 of Rhythm and Pixels our focus on blue sky games. It's a again, it's a nebulous genre, or ne- it's a nebulous concept. But there are definitely defining characteristics that make where I feel pretty much most of or all of our tracks pretty much hit that sweet spot. Yeah, to the point where it's like, I hope you understand what we were going for. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I think I think we I think we carried that message across pretty good. I think for the most part, um, especially with this last track. Um, I never really explored the Yoshi's Woolly World soundtrack, and now I really need to. Oh, man. This I need thing, this in my life. I think back when I was first playing this game, way back in the very, very wonderful year of 2015, <laughs> I had made a comment where I said, if you can play this game for 30 minutes and not smile once, you may not have a soul. And I stand by that claim <laughs> because this game just... It, just brings out positivity. It yeah. makes you feel good inside. This is a good. This is a feel good, feel good song. Mm-hmm. I, lo- I love all of the. Um, it's uh, it sounds like the drums. They're but they're, br- they're using a brush on the drums. I like that. It's very like. Uh, I don't know. It's very soft. It's very careful. I mm. like that. I like that. It's not harsh on the ears. That's an interesting dun, way to describe dun, music. Dun, I've dun, never dun. thought to use, but careful. Yeah, I, I like. Just, that. They're, they're taking care, you know, and then. <laughs> There's a little slide guitar. I like that. That's really fun. Um, so yeah, I hope you enjoyed this. I feel like this is a good like end of the year type of topic, you know, like people like reflect on the on their year and then make resolutions to do a better year the next year. But like this is like, hey, the the year hasn't been bad. You've done a lot of great things. You are smart. You've you've accomplished <laughs> things. You you ate one less jelly roll than you ate last year. But I'm not gonna pontificate more because that's your job for now at the end of the show this is very true and i can't take that away from you though i think it's hilarious (laughs) because oh man you put you put the thought of new year's resolutions in my this is going to be a doozy but ah, new year's is coming whatever whatever another year another day that is true another day another another podcast another (laughs) podcast you get another podcast in the books another day another quesadilla gotta get them podcasts on the on the internets that's right get that podcast money 
What podcast of mine? We're drinking soon. <laughs> yeah, no, we, we come over here, we drink some tea, mm-hmm. make some podcasts. That is true. <laughs> so if you want to get in contact with us, send us an, an email, please. Rhythm and pixels at hotmail.com. And if you want more information about our show, if you want a full track listing for the episodes, go to our website. Rhythmandpixels.com. Um, <laughs> if you want to see us on uh, social media, like that's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, it's Rhythm and Pixels, all one word. Um, if you want to uh, check us out on Patreon, it's patreon.com slash Rhythm and Pixels. And so I want to thank all of our Patreon supporters who are just lovingly supporting our show. It is Alex, the messenger. Keeps you informed. Matthew McDowell. Not throwing the towel. Morton Gangso. He's not a gangster. He's a gang <laughs> friend. What? <laughs> that was terrible. All right. You got a few more, so you can you can you can make you can make this happen. Make it up. All right, Henrik Anderson. Yes, Mr. Anderson. There you go. There you go. Stick one. Chris Murray. Murray, not so much in a hurry. He relaxes and chills. Michael Bridgewater from the Forever Sound Version podcast. Bridging the gap between East and West. And Brian Pitt. Don't fall for his tricks. He'll make you smile <laughs> before you even bat an eye. <laughs> I love you're up for it. I love that you were just up for it. That's great. Make it go. Makes me happy. Um, All right, so tune in uh, for next week's show. We haven't picked our topic yet. It's going to be a good one, though. Don't don't, don't inflate the heads, because now we've got to to meet the challenge. And then uh, stay tuned. Check out the website. Check out our Facebook and Twitter, all of our places um, for announcements for our next live stream show. It's going to be the Holiday Cast, in which we play Eggnog. in which we play eggnog. Uh, Christy was texting me while we were talking about that, saying she's going to bring us eggnog. Yeah! So we're going to drink some eggnog on the show. Mm, Live! <laughs> if you want to see people, you want to see grown men drink eggnog, yeah. bring it! <laughs> Live for you! Um, yeah, it's going to be fun. It's, we're going to do it on the weekend. It's going to be during the day so that more people um, can be available to tune in if they want to. And that is it for me! Also for Elvis as he lies on the ground in a please take me for a walk stupor. Yeah, I gotta take care of that. Bubba. Alright. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm possibly in some states Purnell. Thank you very much for listening and have a wonderful and safe week. And remember, as mentioned earlier at the top of the show, that seasonal doldrum is kicking in full steam ahead. Longer nights and shorter days. It is cold outside. The heck with that noise. But hey, some things that might actually help with kind of fighting that tide is playing a few more of those Blue Sky games. Listen to more of that upbeat music. Bring the positive energy into your home. That light, that shine into your home. Until you can get back outside and get it naturally. Oh, that's old soul reference. Oh, I got you. Got that. All right, we got you. Have a good night.